Blog Talk Radio. This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. Brother, brother, there's far too many of you dying. You know we got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Father, father, we don't need to escalate. See, what? For only love can come ahead. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love and kiss here today. Oh, pick it light and pick it fast. Don't punish me with brutality. 
welcome to Keep It Magic. My name is Jackie Smith, and I'm here with my co-host, Storm Sestivani, and we have an exciting, enriching, maybe a little salacious show for you today. So pick up the phone and give us a call. The number is 760-539-3235, and make sure to check out our sponsor at CoventryCreations.com. It's a personal favorite of mine. You might you might like what you see. And if you have a problem with your life, whether it's love, romance, money, career, health, we have a candle for that. And I have to say, Coventry has had a candle for that way longer than anyone's had an app for that. <laughs> to reach Storm off the air, you can go to PsychicFriendsNow.com or like his fan page on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash AstroGossip. To reach me off the air, you can go to CoventryCreations.com or you can go to my fan page on Facebook, which is uh, Coventry Magic on Facebook or Coventry Creations on Facebook, or you can find us at Keeping It Magic on Facebook, and that's Keeping without a G. So, hi, Storm. Hey, what's up? Oh, all kinds of things. And my voice is a little deep today. I've been doing that's really me talking. talking. <laughs> I've been talking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Like a lot, a lot, but it's great. I I need I need tea for a couple of days. I think <laughs> it's been uh it's been a lot of journeying back and forth. So well, you have been doing a lot of traveling. That's for sure. I I have. I'm I'm getting to know the Detroit Metro Airport really well, especially. Well, didn't the they redo it recently? Yeah, the Delta Terminal is gorgeous. It's gorgeous, and there's you could live there. Really, I mean. In the Delta get, Terminal. Yeah, once you get past the, it's it's like the the um, neutral zone of security. <laughs> yeah. You go into Delta World, and you could live there. I mean, you could get a massage, you could get a new wardrobe, new luggage to go. It's you know, I mean, charge up your cell phone, buy minutes for your cell phone. All you need is a platinum card. <laughs> Everybody you know, needs a platinum card. You know, that's just for ten minutes. You need the platinum card. <laughs> you're not, you're not driving the plane, so you can drink as much as you want. So it's just a whole other world. <laughs> oh, hilarious! <laughs> it really is, and and it's a really interesting experience to travel while psychic. It's a very interesting experience to do that. I wrote a little blog about that today. <laughs> I'm trying to think. The last time I think I was at the Detroit airport was like in 1996. It's a whole different ballgame now, sir. I, do you remember those? Uh, that's all that I remember about that airport is like big, huge, gigantic, like almost dark alleys. Yes. Yeah. Is, it, is, is it still like that or is it gone? Well, I haven't been in that terminal for a long time. Delta has uh, Detroit's its hub. Yeah. For Delta, they built a brand new terminal it's gorgeous and since the hub delta's hub is detroit the delta flights are always the cheapest so yeah um i haven't been to the other ones i'm a little spoiled now i think (laughs) that's because you're a diva well yeah they have not recognized it at the terminal yet because they never upgrade me to first class okay now now wasn't it wasn't it at the, actually the St. Paul Airport that you had like a whole Michigash going on? Yes, I did. I, I, I normally pack my. I have a Labradorite sphere that uh-huh. I take with me when I'm going to do a lot of readings because I just kind of hold that while I'm reading to have to like a textile thing. And Labradorite is awesome for going into Akashic Records. 
and I normally pack that in my suitcase in this um, in a reading cloth that actually Beth um, Beth Savitt had made for me. So, um, and it's it's perfect for that. And then I read with the reading cloth. And uh, um, I forgot and put it in my backpack. So, as my backpack was going through the scanner, I'm like, you know, you always get a little nervous watching your stuff go through the scanner. It goes, and then it goes back a little bit and forward a little bit. And then I knew I was in trouble when she pulled it out of the scanner and put it to the side. I was like, oh, man. I got to get rid of it. You probably thought it was a weapon. Just the Labradorite through the um, through the scanner. I, I said, "Isn't it lovely? <laughs> What's this? It's a Labradorite sphere. It's a crystal ball. Isn't it lovely?" <laughs> he goes, "Uh huh. Let's scan this." <laughs> oh my God, that is hilarious. Now the girl in front of me, she got stopped too because she had a candle in her um, carry-on. So she must have done some shopping while in Minneapolis. And I have to say, Minneapolis is very hipster. Oh really? <laughs> yes. The where I was was very hipster, so and I learned I really fully embraced what hipster is. Well you want another great irony. The um Is it because hipsters are ironic? No, it's <laughs> here is the here is the great irony in the whole thing, okay? Um the last time that I went to Detroit Airport, okay, was to fly to Min- to fly to Minneapolis, to the Mall of America. Um uh and it was, uh, I thought that it was pretty cool. They also have some gambling that's close to there. I forget, I even forget which hotel that we stayed in. Well, I stayed in Hotel a la Eye of Horus. They, um, Jane and Tracy put me up. And then um, when I knew I was going to Eye of Horus and I was booking my flights, I sent Barbara Moore a message and said, hey, I can stay an extra night if, you can, if I can stay with you. So I pretty much invited myself over to her house for um Sunday night. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so and Lisa was um, um, Barbara's partner. Lisa was a little upset for me of, for not staying an extra day because she wanted to take me to the Betty Page store. To where? So, there's a Betty Page store in the in the Mall of America. Now, if I had known this flying into Minneapolis, that would have been my first stop. Yeah. The Mall of America. The bet. Specifically, the Betty Page store. Okay, the Mall of America is absolutely huge, huge. I mean, you, you I can't even describe it. Okay. But I don't even think it's the biggest mall in America anymore. Wow, crazy! Now I'm not a mall shopper. I love shopping downtowns and independent stores, but mm-hmm. there's a Betty Page store there. That's it. That's all I would need to go to. <laughs> um, I've actually seen a lot of um. Back when I went to the mall, um, I used to see a lot. I don't know if it exists anymore at the mall because, you know, um, I'm one of those bad people that tend to shop online, although I do tend to shop at um, local stores online. I <laughs> my, not my local usually, but somebody else's. <laughs> um, and uh, and But I remember there being, like, you know, craft things and stuff like that that were uh, local people, and I'm sure that they have a lot of that at the Mall of America. Well, you know, I, I'm again. It's it's that contained um, artificial environment that I'm. Well, I, well, you know how things things happen earlier in life. They just kind of color your vision. Yeah. And I worked in malls for about. I managed stores and malls for oh eight years. You did. Yeah. When I was young, 
I was young. I'm like, why did... You're only 26 now. (laughs) I was so young at that point. I'm like, why did you make me the manager? (laughs) 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 Because I was, uh, I think I was, I was 19 when I managed my first store. Interesting. Mm -hmm. What kind of store was it? Jay Riggings. I was manager. Well, I I was assistant manager at a whole bunch of places, which is just you know lackey. And, okay. Uh, uh, but I was a I was a Nine West. I was assistant assistant manager at Nine West. I was assistant manager at J Riggings. I was assistant manager at um, the at, at Rave. I was assistant manager at the Gap. I hated the Gap the most. I hated 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 the Gap. Why? <laughs> because before you can leave. And when the night's done, before you can leave, everything has to be folded perfectly. And you have these these um, plastic squares that you have to fold them into so they all are uniform and perfect, which is great for shopping. Yeah. And, and you know, there's times I didn't get out of there till like, 1130 at night if I had some jackrabbits coming in, um, <laughs> jack wagons coming in, like at, at 845, yeah. tearing the place up. So here's the thing that you know about when you visit the Gap now. Those employees are worked like Hondurans. (laughs) (laughs) Do not make them suffer. Do not mess up the store at 845. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I'm very conscious of that when I go in there. But, yeah, you know, store workers are just paid crap <laughs> I was so excited when I got into the double digits on my hourly rate <laughs> ooh I'm making $10 an hour <laughs> well that what was that like 20 years ago 20 yeah they probably make that starting out now no they don't they don't they started out at about 8 oh my god that's crazy granted, granted 20 years ago I started out at 6 when I started working the minimum wage was five twenty-five. It was? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, that's crazy. I know. <laughs> it's a different it's a different world. But you know what? Think about it. 20 years later, it's only $2 more an hour. I know. That's really frightening and There's kind of creepy. Years later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. what did you do at the Eye of Horse? I did a lot of readings. I did a ton of readings. And um, uh, I was their reader for a couple of times, and I was really honored with that. And I did a, the class, the Coventry Magic class. And I did a free demo, which is the um, Taking a New Perspective on Your Magic class. Yes. Um, I enjoy all of that. And when I do the free demo, I end up doing a gallery reading, which um, on Thursday I'm going to be doing at Witchy Living. So Globe Trot and Jackie will be back on the road on Thursday. And then I'll be at the um, Folk Magic Festival, which you know I'm going to come back with a ton of stories from that. Yeah, but yeah. I have Horace. Um, Jane and Tracy are just, Beautiful people. They're they're just awesome. I had a stalker while I was there. I had one guy. Oh, details. I need all the details. He, he <laughs> that that um, he was he needed to be accommodated first of all because he came in and he wouldn't sit in any of the chairs that were out in the store. So he would rather sit on the floor. But he needed to sit at my feet, which was like, hmm. So Jamie, one of the um, staff people over at Eye of Horus, he went in the back and got a special chair for this man. 
Mm-hmm. And and then um, I asked Jamie to take some pictures while I was teaching the class. He was great. But this guy's like, no, don't put me in the picture. And I'm like, well, then you might need to move away from me. <laughs> because it is very important that I am in these pictures. <laughs> marketing, marketing, everybody. Yeah. And I just was teasing him. Um, well, I'm a little bit of a tease, if you haven't noticed, in these past couple of years. Um and I'm, you know, I, I was when he was getting his chair, and I went, "Oh, I'm so happy to be accommodating for you. <laughs> Let us accommodate you in every way we can." So of course the other people in the class are giggling, and um, and and he was like, he was just like, "Well, I can't sit in these chairs." I'm like, "Okay." After the class was over, um, the the after I did the gallery readings, um, he needed to be right next to me, and and. The folks at Horse were awesome with, um, they ran a little bit of interference. I did talk to him some, and he needed to, like, hold my hand up to his chest and touch me constantly when he was talking. And and then eventually, you know, the Horse was so awesome with taking care of me. They took brilliant care of me. And, um, and then I said, you know what, I've got to, I got to deal with this, you know, because I'm not going to be one of those people who, it was a little too diva. Somebody deal with the, the bothersome child. Now, you know, if that would have been me, Jackie, after he was done, I would have, like, been in the bathroom with a whole thing of those little bleach cleaning wipes. Sterilize, <laughs> sterilize. Um, well, I did psychically put up my armor. It was like I was feeling like it was, um, what's that, uh, Stargate? You know, when the, we, they would put the armor on and we just come up with all these layers. Yeah. So I was just mentally doing that because I really felt he was glomming quite a bit. Um, But I did say to him, um, you know, I just took care of business, and I said to him, I am so honored that you feel the need to to be next to me, but I have to focus my energy on what I'm about to do next. And um, so it's time for me to move on. Thank you so much for coming, and I'm so honored that you're here, Um, and it's time for you to go home. And then he asked if he could do a healing on me, and I said, oh, I'm so touched that you want to help me in this way. I have my healers that I work with, and then we're on a specific path. (laughs) (laughs) That's code for leave me the hell alone, (laughs) if anybody did not know. (laughs) He was really needy and and sweet and creepy, and I didn't, I, I, I can't be mean to people. I mean, I, you know I can be straightforward and firm. Yeah. But I'm just not going to be like, get away from me. And then, and so trying to have people run interference was mean, felt mean to me. It was better for me to just talk to him. So it was a great lesson. It was a great lesson for me to, to just, just be firm with people and not hide behind others. Mm-hmm. And um, And which is, you know, what I like to do, but I can't. <laughs> I can't. But there was when I was with Barbara. Oh my God, we laughed. I can't. F- five hours went by, and we're like, "Wow, how did five hours go by?" We laughed hysterically. And the thing that I got, and I'm gonna offend you, Storm, and I'm really sorry. Okay, go ahead. But the thing that we all started laughing hysterically on this one, I said, "Let's face it, all the men in the New Age industry, pagan world, 99% of them are screwed up." I'm raising my hand. (laughs) (laughs) I'm raising my hand. Okay. All right. So how are you screwed up? Truth-telling time. (laughs) Truth-telling time. Um, The uh, 
Well, as you know, I am uh, going to a psychotherapist. I have been for about seven months. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that I have been uncomfortable with in regards to to my life. And I've been wanting to make changes, whether it be, uh, you know, a a midlife crisis or whatever. But basically, um, you know, I'm working on an enormous amount of issues and things of that nature. And I think that, first of all, I think that people that are attracted to the metaphysical fields in general, and let me know if you think that, if, if you agree with this, I think that people that are attracted to the metaphysical fields or alternative form of healing in general, that something didn't go right in the formidable stage, in the formidable years. Um, I see an enormous amount of it. And I truly think that many of us, um, uh, uh, you know, traditional forms of whether it be religion or whether it be uh, uh, social circumstances or social situations, I think that many of us felt kind of disenfranchised. So I think that the metaphysical community in many ways has started where the others have failed. That's interesting because I remember joking when I was in my early 20s and all my friends that were going um, to school and majoring in psychology, and they're all really royally screwed up. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, are you going to major in psychology because you're <laughs> looking for therapy? Is this what's happening? And a lot of them, it was absolutely, you know, it, yeah. it helped them figure that out. But so I think that, yeah, and I think maybe it's more obvious in men because mm-hmm. there's so few of them. Yeah, it, 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 it's more of a standout, I think. Okay. And have you ever noticed that, well, I don't know if you've noticed this because you're a guy, but um, most of the men, time, go ahead. I <laughs> know <laughs> I'm all the time a guy. Go ahead. Women treat men differently, especially in this inter- industry. They'll glom on. They'll yeah. Gay, straight, or neither, both. Um, they will absolutely. I mean, we are women are programmed from birth to cater to men. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just starting to break out. I mean, I'm watching like this last generation, maybe the generation prior, but but it's still, you know, the 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 catering to that. So, but you know, that was that was really um, that was. So I I I'm, I have no words. I've used them all the past two weeks. I need to buy a vowel. What the heck? <laughs> Well, one of the things that I've been working on um, in re- in regards to my psychotherapy, and and for all disclosure, I've gotten to page eight <laughs> in in this book, but I've been reading the drama of the gifted child, and it's by Alice Miller, and it is a it used to be called Prisoners of Childhood, and the subtitle for it is The Search for the True Self. And, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, coming from an extremely dysfunctional family, which I came from, you know, that there's, and I think to add it on to that, Jackie, you know, in, in reflection, I think also coming from an extremely dysfunctional family, plus being gay, okay, that there's a lot of different things that, you know, you learn to acclimate towards and you learn to, uh, uh, to hide about yourself mainly so that you can feel comfortable with other people. And one of the things that I noticed um, extremely strongly, okay, is that, you know, especially in the last, you know, seven months that I've been working on, is that being intuitive, first of all, can be, it, it's, it's an incredible gift, okay? Mm-hmm. But it also can be 
a nightmare because one of the things that I can do is that I can tune into um, other people and kind of morph into whatever it is that they may uh, need me to be or whatever I feel that they need me to be. Um, uh, and oftentimes that I will do that at the expense of my own soul growth, okay? Um, so, you know, if you need me to be your best friend and, and that's what um, uh, uh, I, you know, that I feel that you need for me, so like the ultimate people pleaser, I'll become your best friend, you know, or if you need um, uh, you know, me to be your counselor, I can morph into the counselor role. You know, whatever is needed, I can, you know, shape shift, for lack of a better term, um, to whatever it is. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, and, and I've damaged a lot of relationships as a result of that. And, uh, you know, it's something that I'm very, very deeply working on at this particular point. It's It's hard. It's a struggle, especially... Um, you know, when you're dealing with issues of dysfunction, you're not dealing with issues that are like two years old. You're often dealing with issues that go back quite further into into childhood. So this book has been um, enormously revealing. Let me let me give you just a sample, Jackie, of the things that I've been working on. Okay. Here's a little checklist from the drama of the uh, the gifted child, which basically. Um, I'll read the back cover first because, you know, if anybody uh, is going through any form of issue in regards to their uh, in regards to their childhood or healing or if you've been victimized or um, anything of that particular nature in childhood, this is a great book for it. Um, she says, why are many of the most successful people plagued by feelings of emptiness and alienation? This wise and profound book has provided millions of readers with an answer, and it's helped them to apply it to their own lives. Far too many of us have had to learn as children to hide our own feelings, needs, and memories skillfully in order to meet our parents' expectations and win their love. Alice Miller writes, when I used the word gifted in the title, I had in mind neither children who received high grades nor children talented in a special way. I simply meant all of us who have survived an abusive childhood thanks to an ability to adapt even to unspeakable cruelty by becoming numb. Without this gift offered us by nature, we would not have survived. But merely surviving is not enough. The drama of the gifted child helps us to reclaim our life by discovering our own crucial needs and our own truth. So, you know, one of the things that she has here is that she has a uh, a list, which I know you have in front of you because you've got the book on your Kindle. Um, um, but she has a very a very powerful list. And basically, you know, she says, as a basis for a description of the psychic climate of these persons, and she's uh, meaning the, parent, the parental images, um, some general assumptions should be made clear. The child, any child, has a primary need from the very beginning of her life to be regarded and respected as the person she really is at any given time. When we speak here of the person she really is at any given time, we mean emotions, sensations, and their expression from the first day onward. Um, and one of the things that I learned, I, 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 you know, um, I don't know about you, but you know, from early in, from as early back as I remember, you know, I learned that I had to be perfect. You know, everything about me, Jackie, my grades, everything, you know, had to be perfect. I had to be the best at everything that I put my mind to and accomplished. And then I still wasn't good enough. Right. Um, uh, it, it's it's interesting. I just want to interject for, for sure. a hot second. In the um, a lot of the work I do in the Akashic Records and different um, shamanic practices work, that numbness is is a fracturing of your soul. Mm-hmm. That numbness is a fracturing of soul parts. So what you do is you're able to take um, different experiences and pack them into a soul part and move them 
out of your um, daily use, shall we say. Yeah. So it's it's interesting, especially on those inner children's soul parts. They're, they do, that's what they do, and it's what they're supposed to do. So that's that's really fascinating to me because that, what you just said falls right into um, most of the work I do with people mm-hmm. to varying levels. I'm sorry, so keep going. Um, no, that's an that's a enormous amount of insight. Um, number three is in an atmosphere of respect and tolerance for her feelings, and she means her and him. Um, the child in the, which I think was rather clever of her, because <laughs> most people will use his. Um, the child in the phase of separation will be able to give up symbiosis with the mother and accomplish the steps towards individuation and autonomy. You lost me. Help me with that. <clears throat> okay. Basically, what this means is that if a child um, is able to go through a proper development um, without uh, and, and has all of their needs and uh, you, you know they're respected um, and things of this particular nature. They've given value to their emotions um, and their sensations. Basically, what will happen is that that will allow the child to separate from the mother on the psychic level. Gotcha. They begin to become um, more individualistic. And then she goes on to say. If they are to furnish these prerequisites for the healthy development of their child, the parents themselves ought to have grown up in such an atmosphere. If they did, they will be able to assure the child the protection and well-being she needs to develop trust. You know, and, and, and one of the things through, through my particular um, healing process here, Jackie, has been not only um, – how do I put this into terms? I don't think that it's healthy and or creative to continue to blame um, others, to continue to um, uh, look at myself in the role of what has happened to me um, in my life and um, uh, and to look at ways in which I was unparented, for lack of a better word. Um, mm-hmm. Part of my particular process of, gr- of growth and healing has also been to look at how damaged they were as well. And basically to be able to look at some form of an empathy here. Um, because then you can begin the particular process of forgiveness, um, I think. And basically what she's saying with this is that these prerequisites, um, if, if, if the parents themselves came from a healthy parenting situation, then the likelihoods of them being able to offer their child something is, is there as well, okay? If you come from a dysfunctional family system, then there's going to be certain things that are going to be lacking, which you're going to have difficulty giving your own child because you don't have it. Well, you know, it's and I want to ask you this as a mother, actually. As, well, you know, that's what I say this all the time. I had to become the parent my daughter needed me to be. Um, and I think that's the key to being a good parent is you can't force your child into the role. I was, really wanted to be a cr- crunchy granola mom that made their own food and breastfed, and she, you know, she had little dresses on, you know, the whole thing. But I, that didn't work. <laughs> that was not an option for my daughter. So I needed to be the parent she needed me to be. And, mm-hmm. and that was very different than than who I was. So it was. It's been a challenge to help her discover who she is. Because one thing I do know for myself, and 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 with our conversations, I know for you is that if you never have the support to figure out who you are as a kid, 
Mm-hmm. You'll spend the rest of your life doing it. I mean, we spend all our entire lives figuring out who we are anyway. Yeah. But but what I wanted for my daughter is for her to start out with a, a better sense of self, and um, and and to be able to try these different things on. And when you can't try those things on, and you know what? And I don't care what story you give me, uh, you beating that that universal you. Yeah. That I don't care what story any person gives me. You can see by their behavior. Um, that oh they're just trying to figure out who the hell they are, mm-hmm. and and I know I did that as um, as a young adult. I mean, I my my best friend was taking guitar lessons. I took guitar lessons, not because I was copying her, but because it was through her action that I was able to open the door to try that. Mm-hmm. And then you know if if I had friends who were dressing a certain way. I would dress this way with them, with of course my own flair, because um, I'm trying trying this stuff on. Because I never had an opportunity to figure out these things as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see how you know with what you talked about in being um, um, just being the chameleon, mm-hmm. what what everybody needs you to be, absolutely can that absolutely comes from never having an understanding of who you really are. Yeah, and and it's also you know in 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 the particular family system you know all uh, my stepfather was a a raving alcoholic and uh, one of the things that you learn in uh, you know as the child of an alcoholic is that you have to intuit basically mm-hmm. what it is that they particularly need you to be at that particular point um, and it it, it it can be very very difficult because you learn to switch roles at such a fast pace that you never begin to um, develop your own role and then as a result you know at least for me then growing up into adulthood it just became really more about becoming whatever anybody else wanted me to be rather than anything else so you know it, it, it's interesting at 41 finding out who the hell you are that's for sure well yeah, absolutely and and you know with you I watched my daughter and I wondered if you had a similar experience but when she was about second third grade mm-hmm. she was getting into a lot of trouble and and when we would talk about what's happening I realized she was being too empathic with the kids around her mm-hmm. she had a hard time distinguishing between them and her um, and and the emotions that were coming from them and the emotions that were hers, because depending on who she hung around with is who she became. Yeah. So, um, and I know I was a pretty empathic kid. Were you an empathic and, and intuitive kid? Yeah, very. So that can that can um, um, blow your circuits there too. So how do you as, as so you know with with coming around with this and and me you know starting this whole thing with. With you know, <laughs> most of ninety nine percent. You opened up a you opened up a can of worms. <laughs> so, so I'm as we're talking, I'm thinking. So what? Um, I'm having an inspiration moment. Mm-hmm. I'm really having an inspiration moment on this. Like, what can you do? What can one do? And you know what keeps popping into my head? What's that? Soulmate candle. Not oh, that you're going to find your soulmate, but to bring all the pieces and parts of your soul together. Well, that's my theory about soulmates. I think that actually, you know, what it is that we look for in regards to soulmates is actually another half of our particular self. Mm-hmm. Although soulmates, um, I think, is like a little bit of a misnomer because um, sometimes you're, it is your soulmate that you trust with your hardest lesson. Yeah. So, um, 
and, and sometimes it's not conducive to lifelong marriage. But um, but with that, I I think that maybe just taking that the words. I mean, words are so important. Just starting with those little words, saying that soulmate, um, even the love spell. How do you fall in love with yourself? You have to figure out who you are. That's when you fall in love with somebody is, I mean, not just lusty lust, but when you start to really love someone is when you see who they are. So I'm thinking like love spell and soulmate and um, and those types of things. Uh, yeah. Even even Adam and Eve because that's a deepening of affection. So I'm 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 liking this stuff. I I uh, um this is really fascinating to me because I haven't really thought about it this way. But it, it's really storm this morning when I was coming home and I needed to light a new candle for um, my prosperity altar. And I'm walking down the rows, and I start stop right in front of Love Spell, and I said, "That's what I need for my altar. I need to. We need to fall in love with the whole process of working with ourselves, of taking care of ourselves, and that's what I wanted to do with all of my customers and people who use the candles. Is that fall back yeah. in love with this and feel good? And and boy, we got to do that for ourselves first, don't we? Yeah, definitely. You know, and and I think that that is. Um, the process that I'm going through right now, um, mm-hmm. I'm not, you, you know, you, you know, and, and I talk to you frequently, and I talk, to, I talk to Beth um, all the time. And um, how many times have I called you, Jackie, and said, "Oh my God, you won't believe this uh, <laughs> breakthrough <laughs> that I've had," or I've called you up and said, uh, you know, something that I was working on, and, and just says, "I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm confused. I don't know how to do this. Help me." You know, um, uh, you know, and then you are best sit down and help me to be able to sort through um, what it is that I'm going through at that time. I think that the role playing games was probably not that good of an advice, by the way. <laughs> but you know, but um, it, it is it, it is a pretty interesting process, and I think that I think that one of the things for me at this particular point of where I'm at is that this is my process. It's not anybody else's. I'm going to do it the way that I need to do it. I'm going to do it as fast or as slow as I'm going to do it because it needs to be real. If you attempt to force a cake to cook too much, um, uh, you know, you can ruin the cake. And and whenever I have someone dear to me who's going through this process, the one thing I always tell them is that you're going to be changing the cast of characters in your life. Yeah. And there's a reason why um, you end up doing that is because you, you're you not the same person, and we have agreements. When we meet somebody, there's an agreement of how this relationship is going to be. Yeah. Um, and so, for instance, you know, I, I agree that, um, you know, I when somebody comes to me for a reading, the agreement is I'm going to do the reading with you, and I'm going to help you through this process, and then you're going to go home. Um, when I... When I hire someone, the agreement is you're going to work for me and I'm going to pay for you and you're going to do a good job and I'm going to pay you money. Well, any part of that agreement changes, somebody decides that they're not going to do a good job or they're going to go through a personal breakdown at work, well, that breaks the agreement and it's time for you to move on. Yeah. Or take or take a break from working and, and have a personal take a personal leave. So um, that that's how those – so it happens in the personal life too – so you and I have an agreement to be friends in this in this arena mm-hmm. and in this thing, and you you change that up or I change that up, and then there's a decision that's made. Yeah. 
can I can I continue to have this relationship with you? And relationship includes every person you know. Yeah. Do I still want my our spheres of influence to be touching? <laughs> <laughs> um, Please give me the alcohol wipes now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> need to scrub oh. that on down. Right. Well, you know, we have gone, um, you know, way over. We over break. Actually, Jackie, there's something that's pretty funny here. Okay, now yes. I'm just going to reveal something about you to people. I hope you don't mind. You know, since you did the 99% can of worms. All right. Okay. Everybody knows, you know, from any show that they've listened to that I've done that I like wild, fast dance, energy pumping um, type of music, and Jackie likes laid back 1927, actually 68, um, uh, you know, old-time rock and roll type of music. So I'm sitting here looking at, because we're going to talk about the election in just a second, but um, I was sitting, sitting here looking at what can I do to make both Jackie and I happy. So guess what, Jackie? What? You won't believe what it is. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'll, I'll... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Right. So well, I'll, I'll take us. I'll take, take us, us to break, break, and you and you take us to the song. Okay. So so we're gonna take a break right now. So check out our sponsor, which is my favorite company in the world, CoventryCreations.com. We will be right back. Do not touch that dial, and give us a call while you're waiting.
I'm Jackie Smith, and I'm here with my co-host, Storm Sestivani. And give us a call. The number is 760-539-3235. And um, maybe we'll get to a reading later today, maybe a little one, or if you want to weigh in on what we're talking about, we'd love to hear from you. Again, that's 760-539-3235. And Storm, we're back. Yeah, we're back. Yeah, we just, you know, we need to give you a moment to recover. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, being that, that personable about myself, I was kind of like, you know, I, I'm going to, it's like I'm channeling with Lizzie, which, you know, I break out in a sweat, so I'm probably going to have to take two showers after the show. <laughs> well, I was, you know, there was there was some really great information, and, and I love, I love it when we get deep into our conversations like mm-hmm. that, and even though we have some stuff lined up that we want to talk about, days like today, we could go completely off the mark. Because we were going to talk about elections earlier, and yeah. we went off the mark into this. And I think it was super important because I just thought about what, you know, working with my daughter, but also me. I'm still a kid. Mm-hmm. My, one of my jokes is that I'm still 13 years old inside, which is why I laugh every time somebody has a potty humor. So, um, but, uh, you know, that's. We're all doing it. We're all struggling to get through, and we're going to do it at our own pace and with the people that make sense. Yeah, and 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 I think that you know one of the uh, is one of the the strongest um, things that I have learned through this whole process, um, which I've made a conscious decision, Jackie, that even after I'm fully uh, worked through my issues, that I'm going to continue probably. Uh, to go see a therapist because it's great. <laughs> it's just great, you know. The uh, uh, but one of the things that I have learned through this particular process is um, uh, accepting people for being exactly where they are at the moment, more so than anything mm-hmm. else. That's that's interesting. That's interesting. I just read something um, on Facebook today. If you can set, accept somebody with where they are right now, or you can help them grow and become more. And I think that there's it has to be a blend of the two. Yeah. Um, but but you know as we get deeper and deeper into this, <laughs> which 
yeah, which, you know, where this show is a little bit different than the last show that we did. The last show that we did, you know, uh, and this is another thing that I think that's pretty important. The last show that we did was, you know, pretty much a straight entertainment show, um, uh, you know, in which we talked about entertaining issues and were, uh, you know, did talk about metaphysical issues, but we did it in an entertaining sort of way. Whereas with this show, you know, and in that particular type of a format, you know, who... You know, Storm on Air and Storm Off Air are two completely different people. Um, mm-hmm. And um, you know what? You know, one of the things about Keep It Magic is you know, in my not being the host all the time, so my not having to be in the host role, I um, mean, that I can start to be a little bit, you know, show people a little bit more of the vulnerable sides of me rather than you know just being the host. When you're in charge, when you're the boss, it is very scary to show vulnerabilities because yeah. people are people look at you. Um, as in charge and control, and and, and you're their rudder. You're yeah. absolutely their rudder. And when you fill that role, and um, sometimes there's punishment that happens if you don't maintain that role. And I did that to myself for years here at Coventry. Um, I, you know, Jackie will never cry. She'll never show weakness. I'll leave the building before I have a breakdown. Yeah. That's probably a good idea anyway. But... Once I started showing this vulnerability, this, these vulnerable sides, my staff was behind me even more because I was real to them. And yeah. then that's when I was able to start teaching and teaching and using my life as a cautionary tale. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, there will be a whole lot, line of cautionary tales with me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is so this is really this is really cool. This is really cool, and you know, thank God Mercury is not retrograde yet, as we're having this conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, otherwise we'll have to redo it. You know, the, uh, speaking of Mercury retrograde, you know, one of the I've been receiving a lot of email, Jackie, in regards to uh, Mercury retrograde, and they're wanting to. You know, somebody asked me if I thought that Mercury shadow was going to have an influence on the election. Um, and uh, the answer is no. Although when Jackie and I went to go log on to the show today and we went on the air, we were disconnected immediately. (laughs) (laughs) I know, and then Lizzie can't can't get on. She's trying to listen. (laughs) her for listening. Well, okay, why not? Because sometimes the shadow is worse than the retrograde. So why um, not this time? Well, or but then it gets it gets uh, then again it affects different places, and I need to buy another vowel. I've just been having a hard time getting my words out these days. I would be more concerned if Mercury went retrograde or direct today. If it, you know, on that day it went retrograde or direct. Here is okay. the interesting thing: the election of 2000. Mm-hmm. At eight something in the evening, Mercury switched from, um, I believe it was retrograde to direct. And at that particular, about a half hour before that, that they pretty much called Al Gore the winner of the election. When it went, when it went direct. Basically, they said that there's an error, that the state of Florida actually went to George W. Bush. Here is the other interesting thing. The 2012 election, we have the same thing that occurs. In the evening period, we have a switch where Mercury is going to go retrograde on that day. So I would be more concerned with that than I am uh, – uh, you know, it being in the shadow period at the moment. What you will see during a shadow period is the beginning of forgetfulness. The inability to speak. <laughs> the inability to speak. The inability to um, uh, book your hotel room on a Thursday. Um, <laughs> Which, yes, 
I thought I booked my hotel room for New, for Thursday night in New Orleans because that's the only night I'm, that's not covered by being at the Folk Magic Festival, and uh, which I had booked my room through them. <laughs> and I went. I woke up this morning with a. Oh! <laughs> I need to double check that because I have a distinct memory of doing that. You ever do yeah. that? Yeah, you know? definitely all the time. Yeah, and and then I called and they, they have no idea who I am. Uh, and then, the, you know, for example, I'll give you a perfect shadow uh, moment. Usually I wake up somewhere between, like, 5.30 and 6 in the morning now. I used to be a night creature, but, you know, I've kind of switched a little. Um, I might switch back. <laughs> I, I reserve the uh, the ability to, uh, to switch back. Um, but you know, basically what I did, Jackie, is that I actually set my phone accidentally, because I use my phone as an alarm clock, basically. I set my phone to to go off at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> Why? I, I, I have no clue. You know, I probably rolled the little wheel a little bit too long and it got stuck on 4.30 or something and I wasn't paying quite enough attention. So I'm like waking up at 4.30 in the morning and going, you know, WTF. Right. Um, <laughs> um, but you're going to see those particular uh, uh, things that are going to occur until um, Mercury goes retrograde on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, and, oh, oh! what a lovely day for it to go retrograde on Thanksgiving Day. It's going to go retrograde on Thanksgiving Day, and then we, we're, we're, I'm not going to talk about it today because we're going to talk about it in a future show, but the day right after it, we have an eclipse. So Mercury retrograde eclipse. Um, uh, so you uh, need the sun candle, the Van Van candle, the, uh, what else? The, um, the Spell Evil candle, the... Yeah, well, well, with, you know, what we will do closer to the eclipse, I think that we talk about it next week, actually. It's either next week or the week after. But um, uh, what we will do is that we will look at the whole configuration, you know, like we usually do before an eclipse, and uh, um, and, work it, and work it out that particular way so that, you know, people have, you know, know how this is exactly going to affect them. Mercury retrograde in Sagittarius, which is the sign that it's going to happen in Sagittarius, is the song that, or not, not the song, the sign that has to do with, oh, Sagittarius. Um, uh, it, it's the sign that has to do with our higher beliefs. Um, it has to do with um, uh, our values um, in a broader sort of way, you know, uh, more social values. Um, okay. It has to do with education. It has to do with learning. It has to do with knowledge. And when this, when Mercury goes retrograde in that sign, it kind of turns inward, Jackie. So it is figuring out, you know, what it is that we truly believe in. You know, because Sagittarius is a sign of belief. Well, that'll be interesting for that going retrograde during Thanksgiving. There'll be a lot of arguments about religion at the family dinner. It's going to be uh, not only that, but you'll probably get, you know, six or seven vegetarians who want a tofurkey, which, oh, not happening. No, no you know what you're going to get, Storm? You're going to get a lot of people coming out at the Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, I'm gay. You know. <laughs> oh, you are. <laughs> you, you know, so, so it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, uh, I don't know what kind of candle things that you would recommend for belief. I, you know what I would do is I would definitely bring in a lot of grounding stuff, a lot of earth energy. You know, it's my go-to all the time. But I would do um, heart, the heart candle too. Mm-hmm. So you're talking from your heart rather than from your defensiveness. Yeah. So, so you could actually. So one thing about retrograde is that it brings stuff up that hasn't that haven't smoothed out yet. Yeah. I would use it as an early warning system. 
um, something that could could really go wonky later in a bigger, more ugly way, Mercury retrograde will let me know it's there. So if you're going to, you know, have the family dinner with a lot of people from random sides of the family, I'd bring in that heart energy, earthy energy to keep people grounded in Mm -hmm. reality rather than up in their head. And um, I would do tranquil home or happy home just to talk from, just to smooth it over. And then give everybody Prozac. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. Um, (laughs) So Mercury will be retrograde into the middle part of December. Um, uh, So it's going to be interesting. I would highly suggest do all your online Christmas shopping before Thanksgiving. No, go shop local. Shop local. Or go shop local. Shop local. You can do that early. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know how I feel about yeah, the definitely. shop local. I know we have to take a break when we come back. I want to talk about how important the local stuff is. It's yeah, been definitely. A, a new reality for me in the past couple of years. So let's take a break now. Um, and and uh, we will be back to take your calls, and we will talk about some magic, and we'll talk about some shop local. So you can um, uh, wait for us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do not touch that dial. (laughs) Touch that dial. And listen to the lovely music we've chosen for you.
Keep It Magic. I'm Storm Festivani, and of course, um, I'm here with the lovely and talented and gifted and glamorous, and she's a diva and all those kind of things, Jackie Smith. Um, make sure that you check out our sponsor at www.coventrycreations.com. Again, that's www.coventrycreations.com. And you can also reach uh, Jackie off of the, uh, the air there as well at Coventry Creations. Um, visit our fan page, www. Facebook.com forward slash keepin without the G, it magic. That's keepin it magic. Um, Jackie, you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff that's going on with this particular election. Um, and uh, I think that the thing that we have to most watch, well, there's a couple of things, but first of all, I think that the thing that we have to most watch, because I think that this is probably going to be one of the biggest, probably not in regards to voter turnout, but I think it's probably going to be one of the biggest telltale signs of what we're going to be heading to in in 2012. And one of the things that we're seeing is more of an activity that's happening in local elections um, this particular time that we haven't seen before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I have... Um and I've never been involved in local politics like I have recently, the past couple of years. And it's fascinating to me because it's the local politics that affect your quality of life way more than the national politics. Mm-hmm. So the farther you get away from your home base, the the less impact it has on you. So local and state to me are the most important. And um, you know, people say, well, it's not worth voting for governor. Or, uh, you know, it's just a city council election. But really, they spend your—they're spending the directly hard-earned money that you mm-hmm. have right there, and they—they they will make or break the value of your house, um, the quality of your life, which what kind of school your kids go to. So to me, that's actually more important than a presidential election, because to me, the presidential elections two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Come on, we're we're gonna fight one way, or we're gonna fight the other way, and um, I'm just I'm just not. I'm just not enamored with this, these two parties that we have here. Uh, well, it, it's one of the things that I wrote about in the intro, Jackie, um, uh, which this would have probably been more comprehensive uh, election-wise if Jackie was on the Rainbow Tour. Um, but, you know, f- for example, I think that, uh, you know, cut back to January 2009, Barack Obama the first black president of the United States is being inaugurated. Um, and he was voted for in regards to ushering in an era of change and hope, 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 hope and, uh, mm-hmm. and faith in the future and that we could take control of it. And, you know, we heard all these little slogans like, this is your time and things of that particular nature. And three years later, it's still not our time. We're still waiting for hope and nothing has changed. Um, right. and I he think, thought he thought he could make everybody play nicely in the sandbox. Yeah, and we—that's what we elected. We elected somebody who looked like they could play nicely in the sandbox because we were tired of this craziness, and that craziness started with Clinton. Actually, um, it started with Nixon. Well, okay, that too. Well, I'm I'm thinking about my conscious connection to politics. <laughs> this all this craziness, Jackie mm-hmm. started. The the particular um, uh, level of craziness that we're in now started in the 68 election, actually. Lyndon Johnson decided not to run for president of the United States again because he wouldn't have won. Um, Mm -hmm. Bobby Kennedy was killed. 
they ended up having to nominate Herbert, Hubert Humphrey, okay? Nixon slaughtered Humphrey in, in the particular election. Nixon becomes impeached. We then end up with a president we didn't even elect with Gerald Ford. Then we got a Democrat in Carter who just, you know, who reminds me of Obama so much. I, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, Jimmy Carter didn't have an ability to basically um, – uh, uh, convey basically his message in the appropriate way. And, you know, he said that we should be wearing cardigans and um, turning down our, uh, our heaters, which at that time Americans were not even willing to hear. He got defeated by Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan had two, two, two terms. Then there was the George Bush term. Then Clinton defeated um, uh, uh, Bush, of course, in 1992. And then I think with Clinton what we started to see, Jackie, is a little bit more of a humanized because, you know, during his administration was when this whole 24-7 news cycle, which I think is probably what you're referring to more so than anything else, um, yeah. the 24-7 news cycle, and we finally found out that presidents were humans. <laughs> you know, they have affairs. They um, uh, put parts of their bodies into people's mouths and, um, you know, seminautical fluids on uh, dresses and lie about it. And then, of course, you know, then we ended up with Bush and um, weapons of mass destruction that didn't exist, and, you know, now we're here with Obama. And I think that people are kind of tired of it, and they are looking at things in a local way. They are. There's your history lesson for the day, by the way. You take a breath after that one. (laughs) (laughs) But what, you know, so what I'm seeing is that, and since I've gotten involved in the local politics and I actually got involved in the the local budget making of of the city that I live in, which was very bizarre, um, it is, that's when I realized I need to vote locally before I vote nationally because not voting says, well, okay, you can do whatever you want with my tax dollars and my millage and my <clears throat> property tax and do whatever you want with the schools um, because that's, again, that's more of your quality of life. But that extends to not just voting. I mean, that extends to do you shop locally? Do you support that? Because there's a whole movement about, you know, there's, there's Small Business Saturday rather than Black Friday. And, and that I'm all about the small business Saturday because I tell you what, the big box stores do not care what city they're in. The only thing they care about is will that city support that big of a store, and if it doesn't, they're out of there, and they leave all their employees behind. Mm-hmm. But the local store says, okay, I'm a part of this community, so how do I how do I support this community so the people support me back? Local is about is about, um, and it it could be. I mean, to me, Borders was local because it was Michigan-based, and they did a lot of stuff in Michigan mm-hmm. um, supporting that. Um, although I think Borders lost their edge when they uh, went from, I mean, when you were, when you wanted to get a job at Borders, you basically had to have a degree, and you had to be a book junkie. Yeah. And you had a test you had to take to see if you were smart enough to work at Borders. And then eventually they had to change that model, and it was just whatever, whoever. We're just going to get some get some bodies in here, and I think that's when borders change too much. But even the the like the small chains that are local, look at what they do. They sponsor events. Mm-hmm. They sponsor local banks. Here's the best, for instance. There are a couple of banks in Ferndale, and there's you know some some Bank of America. Um, I think National City is still one. Comerica, and then there's um, uh, Huntington. Comerica, National City Bank of America, don't sponsor anything, nothing in the city, nothing at all. 
Huntington supports everything. They do classes in the high school about money management. They do they support um the marching band. I mean, they they just support so much because they're local. You know what? I pulled all my money out of Comerica and put it into Huntington because Huntington cares whether I live in this community or not. Mm-hmm. Comerica couldn't couldn't care. So that's what I think everybody is getting to. It's like, wow, I've been so I've been so focused on this big picture that I forgot that um, my my postage stamp, you know, my part of my life is uh, is is more important, and that's that's how you change the world. There's my little rant. But I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. And you know, one of the things that uh, uh, you know, for for example, and I I get this all the time. Um, people will ask me because I prefer to eat organic um, types of food or natural-based foods, um, uh, and that they will state, uh, you know, oh, it's so much more expensive, and if you go to the local um, uh, vegetable stands, that those prices are outrageous and things of that nature. And do you know what always clicks in my mind, Jackie, when they say that? Hmm. Your angioplasty and your um, triple bypass surgery is probably going to be more expensive at the end of the day than those foods. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's bringing it home for you. You know, it, it's it's interesting, and, and I know what you're saying, and I I've lived that too because I haven't had enough money to to be able to buy anything but ramen noodles, which we know will kill you. Um, I'll raise your blood pressure <laughs> with all that salt, but um, it's like taking care of yourself. Do you have? I was like, I don't have time to take care of myself. I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time to to do these things that are going to better better me. Well, if you don't make the time, you're going to be a mess and you're going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. So just like this whole local thing, people are so worried about the world and and you know their place in the world and how the world is treating them and how come they're not getting their fair share. Uh-uh, bring it down. Even in the classes that I teach, bring it down. Get out of everybody else's cup. Get out of dealing with everybody else's business. Bring it down into you and how you are affecting the rest of the world because that can change the world. Mm-hmm. Tiny bits at a time. I mean, um, one of my biggest, everyone laughs hilariously when I say, you know how in the 80s when the New Age movements first happened and everyone's talking about Oh, your aura is lovely. It's large. It's white. It's encompassing the whole world. And I said, you know what? That's an aura of. That's an aura of a control freak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you bring, um, and and then you don't have any energy for yourself, and you really don't have any energy to control anything. You just you just become a pain in everybody's ass. That's the thing in the chat room. Occupy yourself. <laughs> right. right. So when you bring your aura in and and you say and you find your own voice and it's not based on following the lead of anything but your own voice and to me that's what the Occupy movement was was about is like somebody said something and people go you know what that is what I've been feeling uh-huh. and so it's been that grassroots thing but <clears throat> and that Occupy movement it's so grassroots and local local and look at how one person at a time is changing the world so. Yeah. Occupy yourself, occupy your own. Go vote, damn it, vote. Yeah. 
Well, I, I think that, that people really need to. One of the things that I have always found very, very fascinating, Jackie, um, is that we are one of the very, very few countries, okay, that voting is not mandatory. For example, in Australia and England, New Zealand, I believe in Canada also, it is required um, uh, to vote. You have to go and vote. Um, and I think that you get more of a um, will of the people in that particular type of format than you do necessarily in the United States. Um, in the United States, you get the will of the people that actually go out and vote. So don't cry if you don't vote. Um, but 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 I, this is where I think that things are changing, and I think that um, uh, weird uh, w- w- one area that I think that is significantly important here is that the metaphysical level of all of this is that if we really want to change things, we're going to have to begin by starting to change ourselves first. Um, like I said, I've been working on that for seven months. <laughs> Um, we, we have to start changing um, ourselves first, and then basically, uh, uh, you know, then things outside of us will slowly begin to start to change more into the world that we're creating. And I know, and you, you know, everybody, of course, I'm sure at this particular point, um, and if you haven't, you should run out and get Coventry Magic by Jackie Smith, whoever that is. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that you write about, Jackie, is taking the personal power back into your hands. Now, how do you see elections as fitting into our metaphysical systems? Um, it, it really is taking the power into your own hands. Elections um, are magical to me. You know, I, I know I sound like a total magical dork when I say that, but um, it's really um, taking charge mm-hmm. uh, of, and having a voice. And, you know, there's somebody running for um, <clears throat> un, unopposed. There's somebody running opposed for a local thing, and I'm I'm not a fan of her, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And I crossed her name out. It's funny, my husband did the same thing. We crossed her name out, and I said, anyone else but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I voted uh, absentee, so. <laughs> so did I, and you can do that in the absentee ba- balance. But um, uh, in its... It's, um, but to me, it's like having that voice, and when you start having that voice, and you empower yourself little bits at a time, mm-hmm. it's it's, uh, it's important. It is really actually funny, Jackie, when they start looking at those um, absentee ballots, and you, you know, Mickey Mouse gets a couple of votes, and a goofy. <laughs> <laughs> So you really know when you look at those those undervotes, which is what they're called, um, what the, what that particularly means, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it possible to not get elected by having your name crossed off? I guess all you need is one person voting for you. All you need is one. Mm-hmm. But could you imagine if there was none? <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! That, that would be, that would be pretty crazy, Nickin, for sure. I'm, you run unopposed and you can't win. <laughs> can't you see Rachel Maddow's big eyes, you know, to that? <laughs> you ran unopposed and you still could not even win. What is wrong with that there? Um, another thing I think, Jackie, that and, and it's always been a problem that, that I've had in regards to listening to people uh, talk about politics is that some people say that, uh, you know, politics isn't interested in, in them or no thanks, you know, in regards to politics. And, you know, then they um, whine about basically what is happening out in the world when they don't even vote. What do you think about that? 
Oh, you know what? I When people start doing that, I say, so what did you vote for? And they say, well, I didn't vote. And I said, then this conversation is over. Seriously, that's exactly what I say. This conversation is done. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I'm not giving you a voice in my head when you didn't even take the time to, to be a part of the the world that you're bitching about. And that's really, but, but that goes for people who are bitching about things in, in their lives that they never deal with. I mean, you get three strikes. When I have clients that come to me and, and they're having crisis and we talk about stuff that they can do and we work on some healing, and if they come back to me and they haven't done their work, mm-hmm. um, well, this reading's over. You haven't done your work. you got homework. Go do you your homework and come back. Right. Because all I'm going to do is say, it's like, would you like to sit here for a half an hour and I can say the same thing all over again? Yeah. You know, so um, that's that's how that's how I feel about about you know if you don't if you don't vote you don't get to bitch, and I also I don't let people bitch to me about stuff I have a discussion because if people start start crabbing about stuff I said well what is your what is your input on this because you're just spouting off rhetoric from and I do it to myself too I mean mm-hmm. I check myself I'm spouting off rhetoric I mean you and I have had political conversations yeah say, well you sound like you're re- just repeating what what they want you to repeat and I was like oh shit. Let me oh. check myself. <laughs> <laughs> what do you th- what do you think, Jackie? Say for example that there's an election and eighty five percent of the um people of the electorate um vote for something. I and go ahead. But it's not particularly the uh what what do you think is the popular ideal? So you're saying eighty five percent of the people voted. Let's 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 take it down to something that's more um, tangible. Say, for example, eighty-five percent of the people in Ferndale voted to reduce taxes on the um, upper one percent. Hmm. Then I have not done my job right. Yeah. Then I have not. Uh, my argument failed. Actually, it's. <laughs> okay, let's bring this down to real life. Yeah. You, I'm in sales. No, I'm in candle making, but I can make as many candles as I want. But if I never sell them, I have nothing. So pretty much, I'm in sales. So if 85% of the people that I talk to are not interested in what I have to say, then I have to uh, tweak my message. I have to change my message because it's not important to them. Something else is important to them, and I have to figure out what's important to them. And just because this is important to me, I've learned that lesson with product lines. I've created product lines that I've loved, and they've changed my world, but it wasn't important to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. So it's it's sometimes something that can be really important to you it does, doesn't necessarily matter to the rest of the world. I just started writing um, a blog about how big is your world, because mm-hmm. and it's it's something that um, mine's about I mean, six people, by the way. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, you and I talk about that a lot, but yeah. then I just realized my world just got bigger, and sometimes that's not better. Sometimes it's a little scarier, but then because it was getting huge, I mean, I'm walking into a place and I've got forty people who are just honored to meet me, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Let's, let's flip that around. I'm honored to meet you, um, and then. Um, and then when I get home and I look at my my circle of close friends, that that world gets really really small. Or 
you know, it's myself and my daughter and my husband, what are we going to do about something? That world gets even smaller. So I think your world grows and shrinks depending on um, what it is you're doing. Um, but it's it's looking at the size of my world and, and how far out I want it to reach in certain areas. I mean, if i got a secret, I want my world to be really small about that. Mm-hmm. But if I've got a message that I want to get out, my world needs to really to be really big. But to do it, I have to make sure that the message I'm giving out is something that's relevant in their life. Exactly. And that's that's how I do it. And wh- one of the things the things that I uh, think about Jackie, because even though that I'm uh, a liberal, I don't really view myself as a partisan. Um, uh, and the you know the way that I look at things in regards to electoral um, failure. Um, is that it's it's a particular opportunity to begin to hone a particular message that's a little bit more um, malleable um, for a lot of people rather than malleable for 15%. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, and, and you're right in regards to comparing that to products because a lot of times, you know, we think, oh my God, this is the best product that's ever come up. You know, it's going to sell a million, you know, uh, candles. The whole world is going to want it, and you're still looking at it three years later. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, you know, and you're like, oh, what, what happened? You know, that's what happened to the chocolate candle, by the way. Just joking. Um, the uh, actually, Jackie said the co- chocolate candle smells like fish, so no chocolate candles. Um, but but look at it. But also look at it another way. And I'm kind of interrupting you. I'm sorry. Sure. Um, the other way is, if you have a view, and everybody else in the world disagrees with you. If you keep repeating the same thing over and over again, if you keep getting fired from a job, it might be you. Yeah. If if you're losing um, friends or doing the same, repeating the same thing over and over, and it might be you. So sometimes that's that's kind of how you can bring it down. If yeah. If eighty five percent of the world is not agreeing with you, you might need to check your perspective. Mhm. I agree. I agree. And, you know, or modify the particular perspective that makes it a little bit more um, uh, uh, malleable uh, for for other people. Mm-hmm. It, it is. You have to, yeah. I, I don't have anything else to add to that. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so what did, what did you learn today, Jackie? What did I learn today? I learned that um, I was reminded that one of the keys to healing is learning how to love yourself and mm-hmm. and find yourself and that um and you you can't find yourself by always being what everybody else wants trying to define yourself by the masses cuz it's so funny we just talked we talked earlier about being who you really are and then we just kind of rolled it around saying maybe you know take a look at yourself but i guess we just always have to keep checking in Mhm. What did you learn today? That I messed up now. <laughs> <laughs> that everybody needs to go out and vote. Uh, no, actually, actually, I, I, you know, listening to our discussion in regards to politics, and then our discussion in regards to um, healing and doing inner work, they're not that much different. I think at the end of the day, we have to be true to ourselves. Um, and, uh, you know, true to our own beliefs and true to our own ideals. Um, uh, and and in, in many cases, you know, uh, I think that those have to be learned on a day-to-day uh, basis. 
uh, more so than anything else, and, and, and that people should allow other people to go through um, whatever particular process that they're going through, and that may be that they're part of the 15% that has to change and modify what it is that they're doing so that it's more um, uh, applicable for everybody. Yeah, and and we'll probably change our minds on this next week, too. Yeah, next week we'll probably say, you know, forget about what we said last week. You know, that was a bunch of cockamamie. (laughs) (laughs) We reserve that right. (laughs) We reserve that right. Because you know what? It's all situational. It's all situational, yeah. Every rule you have is situational, and and we prove that in our legal system and in our lives every day. It's all situational because there's always a different blend of scenarios and circumstances. And so you just got to figure out how yours fits in there. I agree. We're done. I know we are. This was a great show. Yeah, it was. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for doing it with me. Oh, I... Or for, thank you for letting me be your co-host. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a co-host, co-host situation. Yeah, this is a co-host, co-host. You know, <laughs> we know our roles. <laughs> right. right. This is, and, and, you know, it's been fun because I got to bring us in more and I'm getting more comfortable with that. Yeah. So. So this has been a fun journey, and we've got a long way to go, Mr. Sestavani. Yes, we do, Ms. Smith. Um, make sure that you visit our sponsor at www.coventrycreations.com. Again, that's www.coventrycreations.com. Um, check out our Facebook page by going to facebook.com forward slash keeping it magic. Go to Coventry to reach Jackie off the air. Go to Psychic Friends Now to reach me off of the air. And, Jackie, what does everybody need to do besides going to vote? They need to keep it magic. Peace out, everybody. Have a great afternoon. Get service. Why? Girl, look at that body. Girl, look at that body. Girl, look at that body. I work out. 